The John Crocker and Associates Property Management News Desk Podcast. Brought to you in association with Palace. Great property management software at getpalace.com. And Moving House Property Video. Bringing your listing to life at movinghouse.net.nz. Today, we catch up with Brisbane-based property management expert, Andrew Rees. Andrew founded Pro Rentals in 1998 before selling the firm in 2011. Andrew's latest venture, Inspect Real Estate, is a customised, agent-branded online booking system that allows prospective tenants or buyers to automatically book inspections online for properties. Andrew joins your host, John Crocker and Associates, David Faulkner to discuss everything from his experience in the property management industry in Australia and his thoughts on the state of the New Zealand industry. I'm David Faulkner and you're listening to the New Zealand Property Management Podcast. In the second part of this interview with Andrew Rees, we'll listen to how Andrew and the team grew Pro Rentals to become one of the largest property management companies in Brisbane. We'll also hear what Andrew's up to now and his thoughts and ideas on the property management industry throughout New Zealand and Australia. Now, in terms of, were property managers expected to grow their own portfolios or was that specifically aimed at the business development managers? Uh, it's a combination of, because um, to try and achieve the growth that a property manager was trying to achieve, they could wait for a roster, mm-hmm. okay, um, where leads would flow through, or they could do things to generate themselves. Primarily, uh, twice a year, we would have a call night series where our property managers would funnel their owners and ask for business. Right. And, and, and how successful was the, the, the call nights? Oh, they were, they were brilliant. The best thing we ever did um, as far as a giveaway or promotion, because we had um, a different series that we tried each time, was this uh, $400 travel voucher. Right. Which, um, what happened was, is that if you were an owner, I'd ring, ring, hi, David, it's Andrew calling from Pro Rentals. I'm just letting you know that we've got a special going to the 30th of June, where if you know anyone who owns an investment property that you can refer across to us, uh, we'll um, pass on to you as a thank you, a $400 travel voucher. I'll send you a letter and a voucher out in the mail, like a shopper docket that they can then then claim. Um, And you've got to have the end date and the call to action. And so, uh, by the way, David, so do you know anyone? Yeah, yeah, man. So of course you've got to to say yes, aren't you? Yes. and, and that would have generated a lot of leads. Very much so. so. then who did the follow-up on that? Was that business development? No, the property manager again. So the property yep. manager again. So, so really, I mean, your property managers were not just process people, the salespeople as well. Yes, but the, who they're asking the sale from is the person who can give them the business the best, yes. the owner, okay, yes. and the relationship. So it wasn't a... Uh, a scary prospecting call for them. Okay, that was done they by... They already had that relationship or they should already have that relationship because they're dealing with this person on a, on a regular basis, uh, which would lead me then on to the next point in, in terms of customer service. One, I remember recently uh, interviewing for a property manager and, and I asked her that if she had a property managed. She said she was a landlord. She said she had a property managed and asked her how good, it, how good the property manager was and she said, excellent. But when I asked her, how do you know the property manager's good? She couldn't answer me the question because, well, I don't hear from them. So I'm presuming that everything's all right. So the perception of great service is silence. Clearly, your guys have to establish a good relationship with your owners. How often did your property managers call the owners? Yeah, well, we did have a KPI, which I probably didn't police as well as I should have, which was you know the thank you calls, right. uh, in, in all honesty, mainly because I have this theory, it's called the three Eds, and that what gets done is what gets um, recorded, monitored, and rewarded. 
and um, I didn't have any practices in place to yeah. uh, follow up the thank you calls. Um, so therefore, how did I know that they were done? But the team was very good at asking at the time of the listing, yeah. saying that, um, uh, hi, David, my name's Andrew. Um, do you own any other investment properties? Mm-hmm. Um, I've set a goal in the next 12 months to put on another 30 properties, and I'll be calling you during the year to ask for um, some referrals if you think I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. So that, that's the barometer, is yeah. that um, if, if you are getting constant referrals, an owner... Um, current landlords referring to us was our number one source from the beginning to the end. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was your number one source of new business was from your current database of landlords. Very much so. Yeah. So, where else? I mean, obviously, you couldn't solely rely on on, on, on just that. What other um, what other growth strategies did Pro Rentals have? Uh, so, number two, all the way along in our history was um, what we call an MPR or a multiple property referrer. So traditionally that would be in a, a normal real estate office, your sales team, okay? As we didn't do sales, we had to go out and find other multiple property referrers. And uh, primarily we really chased investment stock, right? Not necessarily the property that they couldn't sell that mum and dad move out of for a year. Uh, I didn't like to manage those properties. We wanted the long-term investor focus. Um, That was where our our real real energies were put into place. So that's about following the, the chain. If someone goes to buy an investment property, following the line that it follows, how can you get involved in that? So if you look at it, if you're thinking of buying an investment property, you might go on to Trade Me or to mm-hmm. realestate.co.nz, you probably send an email to someone of a property that might have been previously managed. Um, that inquiry is given to the salesperson. When the salesperson's finished with that inquiry, how do you then get that information? So we worked with a couple of um, sales-only focused businesses who focused on investment properties. One of yeah. them was Prime, yeah. and we would um, receive their email inquiry after they had um, uh, dealt with that investor or they had also their open house lists and chased those people. So they are the people who are you're like fishing early up the stream, i.e. they haven't yet probably bought a property, they're out and about. We would offer them fast, free, independent rental appraisals and it was a way of ensuring that um, we were getting in front of those investors in, uh, early in the chain. Yeah, and how did, re- you re- how did you reward your referral partners? Oh, with a week's rent. Yes. Uh, so uh, we paid them a week's rent on the successful releasing of the property, so yeah. it wasn't at the time of the lead. Uh, also, we rewarded our new business people by paying them $10 for every rental appraisal they did. So you paid them for just doing appraisals? That's correct. We saw a real link between the number of appraisals completed and the number of new managements. And so it was getting the ProRentals letterhead out there. So we would go to salespeople and other organisations and offer the fact that oh, if you've you know, got an um, XYZ agency rental appraisal, we'll, we'll say you can have an independent yeah. ProRentals one as well. And so there's two. And did, your, and did your team do appraisals just off photographs or did they have to physically visit the property? Oh, so very much you've got to go to the property. Got to go to the property. Yes, because we would do a proper rental appraisal and it was a three-page document. So. Yeah. Take a photo of the property, put it in the appraisal, write the description of the property in the appraisal. This is also a, a great uh, hint because always there's a lot of pressure on us to put the appraisals higher, okay? yes. which is a normal thing in the practice, especially yeah, yeah. with you know, salespeople or investment brokers trying to get a high appraisal. So we would put in current market conditions, a rather large range, mm-hmm. okay? and then uh, James in his wonderful word wisdom again came up with this line which we used to highlight in the rental appraisal that said, um, understanding that um, market conditions may be different, the yeah. owner is allowed to uh, list the property at whatever price they would like and we will try to secure a successful tenant for them. Okay. And, and that really took away the um, 
fact of um, bringing in the ability for the owner to choose their list price and took a bit of the pressure off us for trying to push up the rental appraisals. Right. But you, you said that your appraisals were three pages long. Oh, yes. Yes, so and, the other and, part... And, yep. and, and, and the BDMs are whoever going to go out and do these appraisals. So, I mean, how do they fit all this? Because obviously there's got to be a few time constraints to this. Ah, um, our BDM team is probably a bit different to the normal structured BDM team. We had one lister yep. and two admin people. Right. Okay. So the reason why that was is what you just said. There's a lot of paperwork involved in preparing the letter to the owner, is preparing the legal agreement to manage the property, preparing the rental appraisal. All this stuff is administrative work. And you want your BDMs to be out there meeting people, seeing face the face and just give it back. So you've got a Richard almost, then you've got two people who are acting as a PA. That's correct. For the BDM. And, and obviously, you, you've got to have quality material which goes out there. That's right. Can I ask, I mean, and we still see this in New Zealand, did you ever charge for appraisals? Oh, no, no. Do you charge for them? In, some people oh, still charge really? for them oh, wow. in New Zealand. <laughs> oh, wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, no, no, we never charge for um, our rental appraisals. They were a great avenue to bring in um, new leads for us. So yeah. um, yes, there was a bit of time involved. Yeah. Um, the other parts to the finished, the three pages, so it was about the property, then there was about the properties that we currently managed. Mm-hmm. So our software spat out some pictures and the description of what we currently manage. And then we had a, the final page, which is about current listings mm-hmm. in the current markets. So it's okay. very similar to what sales guys did. So, okay, so yeah. I mean, clearly the, the, if you've got your BDMs going out doing X amount of uh, appraisals, I'm presuming the pro rentals would measure the, the success rates, the hit ratio, and, and if someone wasn't performing or somebody was doing a lot of appraisals but not winning new management, what performance, uh, what performance tools would you use to either improve that the performance of the individual or manage them out of the business? Um, it's quite funny that what we um, did was James and I owned a couple of investment properties, we still do. So we had our team, when our lead property manager looked after and got promoted to be sort of like the head property manager, everyone sat down and pitched the, for the business. Now, because they're each incentivized, yes. okay, so they all came in and did a listing presentation to James and I. Yeah. And um, I can assure you that that was two of the worst days of my life. I've never been so <laughs> bored out of my entire brain. And also taught me that the dribble that was coming out of everybody's mouth, right? Yeah. So you don't often get to eat your own food, and this is what happened. We then got to work out, are the team really saying that? And the thing that staggered me, which caused us to change, which you yes. said obviously our hit rate wasn't that, wasn't, wasn't as good as it should have been, um, was the fact that nobody asked me about what I knew about um, property management. No one asked me, did I own any other properties? Um, yeah. And so therefore they just assumed I was a green first off investor and started so, to, so there's a risk that the BDM can just basically blurt out without sitting down, spending quality time with the prospect finding out the business requirements. Exactly. That was the bit that missed. So then came up with a meeting agenda, okay? So therefore you sit down at the start of the meeting and if again you're trying to structure your team to be able to um, ask the same sort of questions and the first one is that, hi David, so why did you buy this investment property? Right, yeah. And if you ask that question, all of a sudden I can find out whether you're um, a long-term investor, what are your plans with the property, do you own any other properties? Um, Tell me, have you ever had an experience of being a tenant before? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You know, have you used an agent before? So what you're doing there is also you're asking open-ended questions which is getting the prospective client to talk yes clearly over using a number of these excellent growth strategies you grew that business to the level that you got it to towards when you came to decide that you're going to sell it 
Let's go on to the aspect now of when you decided that you were going to decide to sell. What made you realise that this was long enough, you wanted to get out? Um, what started that process for you that you decided that it was time to get out of uh, doing property management and or, or running pro rentals? Uh, I suppose a couple of things happened. I turned 40. That, that might have been a um, sort of catalyst and you start to review, I've done this for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I sort of was an accountant for 10 years, property management 10 years and thinking about the next 10 year focus. And part of that problem was is that if we continued to grow the rent roll, you know, doubled it, who was going to be the ultimate buyer? Yeah. Um, to me, um, I wanted to put in some strategies where we sold the portfolios to the team. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, James, my business partner, did not think that was an, a suitable uh, exit strategy. Uh, I um, um, had been playing around and, and during the course of programs we developed a lot of software and I saw a good opportunity to possibly then sell that to um, other agents um, which has morphed now into Inspect Real Estate. Um, but the, the real catalyst to sell um, is I wanted an easier life. You know, Property yeah. management is a pretty stressful gig yes, of course. and, and um, uh, which um, that, that was the main aim was to um, try but um, why I'm sort of hesitant what I'm saying here is my good friend Brad Jackson said it was not in my character um, to hop off the merry-go-round and have a bit of a breather. So yeah. um, yes, life is a bit busy at the moment for me. But anyway. yeah. Yeah, so, so how did you establish what the value of the business was? Uh, well, we uh, again had our own software that produced that value for me every day. So I used mm-hmm. to look at that. Um, when we went through to start the sales process, we contacted a broker and that uh, broker came out, um, looked at our business, um, asked us to provide some more key statistics and, and reports on the business. Um, we did that and then um, evaluation based on our multiplier in the market and the number of managements we had and the average management fee um, placed the business somewhere around about a $9.5 million value. Um, nice. And that's a, a large purchase for yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, any individual. And of course, the business within itself was not returning um, huge profit because we were very focused on, on growth. Yeah. So um, uh, we tried for a while to um, sell it to one particular purchaser, or isn't it? it just wasn't one that surfaced. Yeah. And then it was the recommendation of the broker to uh, break it down into so, parts. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, for a business that size, there won't be too many people who will be in a position where they could uh, afford to buy. So that obviously brought it, its challenges in itself. So why didn't you, can I just ask, I mean, you said that you went through a broker. I mean, what we commonly see in New Zealand is that a principal may go and have a coffee with somebody down the road and, and shake hands and quite often probably undersell the business. What, why did you use the broker? Um, I suppose it's really quite, I was very open with the statement within ProRentals because we had our own properties and so did other people, that only a goose manages their own property. Yes. Um, it's the same thing. This is now, we've spent 12 years building this asset um, to um, realise its full value. Um, I was probably quite emotional about the sale and um, the broker provided immense independence through mm-hmm. the whole transaction. Um, it, the, the breaking it down, um, you know, it's a whole whole two hours for me to discuss the ins and outs and what happened, but um, yeah, it was um, uh, very messy and yeah. um, the broker very much guided us. He had checklists, he had um, information, because he'd done it all the time, yeah. um, and good advice and guidance, and of course has um, people here who knew on the market who were um, available to... So, so, so you're saying you broke it down into what, 10, 11 pieces, and then sold those off individually? Yes. So you're saying ideally, you're looking about 200 properties is what becomes, because obviously quite a few people, quite a few businesses can then afford to pay for 200 properties. 
but not being able to afford to pay for close to 2,000 properties. Did that concept work? Um, the, the answer is, is that what was our alternative? Yes. Okay, so you could say, did the concept work? But, but if you can't sell it up as an all-up parcel and you want it out of the business, what is the, what is the option? So the option was to carve it up. So it wasn't that we sat down and said, let's carve it up, let's do it. It, it did not, you know, we ideally would have liked to have hand the keys over on a Tuesday and mm-hmm. someone else come in on a Wednesday. Um, of course, everything's based on value, um, that it was the call that we could try to maximise the return. Um, we, um, in, in Queensland at the time, you needed to have an owner who you're currently managing basically sign a whole new agreement with the new agency. So um, in real terms, how I put that is, is that we had did 1,756 listing presentations to convince people to come to us. Yes. We now had to do 1,756 listing presentations in reverse to get them to go to so another so agent, okay, of which at that point in time, um, uh, the um, uh, other agent um, may not have the same systems and processes yeah. and practices. Um, and also we had to do that within a two month time frame, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, it was, it, was, um, it was a tricky time. That would have been stressful, that would have been certainly very demanding. <laughs> so, can, I, can I just, you know, Queensland's obviously had its first year of, of, of natural disasters, like in the, which is, I mean, obviously in, in New Zealand, everyone will think of the earthquake which hit Christchurch and would have decimated a number of property management businesses. Queensland had this issue with floods a few years ago. What impact did that have on your business? Uh, it was the flood of Brisbane actually occurred right at the end of, of all of our major settlements. Really? Yes. So um, the 10th of January was um, the last settlement of our 34 settlements and it flooded on the 11th of January. And what impact would that have had if the floods happened prior to? Uh, well, considering that our business was um, primarily based around the river area of Brisbane, yeah, substantial, because um, we were right on the river in our, our business. Um, one of the reasons we had in the 20 reasons to um, divest out of the business was we didn't feel as though we could handle a natural disaster. Now, um, having gone through that and then helped other agents who I know in the area th- through that and also have, have good contacts within the Christchurch, um, it actually the opposite, isn't it? People pull together, they work yes. harder, they focus. Um, uh, and of course, that would have happened in peak leasing time as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's not good, uh, not, not good at all. But, um, you know, ideally, um, with, with everything within property management, it's about having planning structures and checklists mm-hmm. and that you put that in place and how to handle it. So um, different property managers handle it different ways. Um, one of the ways I spoke to with um, one of, again, my good friends was that w- what they did was um, have the affected properties handled by one person. Okay, so rather than everyone in the office handling 10 or 15 flooded properties, which everyone is then experiencing. Right, so someone's designated to deal with the event. Yes, yes. Because the rest of your office still has to deal with everything else everything that's going else on, going receding on. the rent. And, but if, if it's spread right across the organisation, it can have a huge impact. Yeah. So if you can sort of consolidate that person and, and they take on that responsibility, yeah. um, you know, as a way of looking at it. the other problem also, of course, when that all happens, all the revenue stops as yeah. well. Oh, yeah. It's disastrous. It's yeah. not good at all. No, not good, not good. Let's go on to what you're up to now and your your current venture, uh, which is with this uh, wonderful product which we've seen come onto the market in recent times, Inspect Real Estate. Uh, what was the inspiration behind that idea? 
Um, again, it's based upon uh, what I learned as a property manager within Pro Rentals. Uh, we had spent 12 years building software uh, and we built um, all sorts of things, everything from a booking system through to a key tracking system, through to running and scheduling our routine inspections, through to monitoring our smoke alarms and own a login, a document filing system. So all that technology was built in-house and was used by our um, own team. Uh, so then with the start of Inspector Real Estate, we looked at the list of all the major products we had and we just have been carving them up and building them. Um, so the first one was App Tracker, which just enables the tracking of applications through, through the office. Uh, second one being the uh, booking system um, mm-hmm. so that people can book and register for viewings, so looking yeah. at uh, properties. It's an all-encompassing leasing system. It'll notify the owner of what's happening during the leasing set of, this, of the property as well as the agent as well as the tenant. Um, it also works for sales um, yeah. and then uh, key tracking so that we can see where all the keys are in and out because if you're trying to lease properties fast, 76% of our growth at programs came about through leasing properties so you've got to know where your keys are. And then uh, also all the tracking of all of our new business leads, which is a product called IREBDM, which nice. basically captures that initial investor inquiry at source off, say, TradeMe or realestate.co.nz, sends a copy to the salesperson, and three days later we'll respond from the BDM. So, so, so you've got a product here. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've always been of the assumption that there's a lot of missed opportunity between sales and the property management department because sales will deal with buyers all the time. And people will be coming through open homes all the time and not everyone's going to be buying that house for them to live in. A lot of people are going to buy it as an investment. This tool gives uh, BDMs and property management teams the opportunity to capture leads from prospective investment purchases. That's correct. Because if you look at um, a typical BDM, they have one or two problems. They've either got so many leads um, coming through the door that if they're not growing, it could be that they're having trouble converting it or they don't have enough leads. Um, And generally, uh, every business development officer would love to be drowned in leads. They're there in the office. Um, We just need to harness them. Traditionally, they only probably get them at the time of the property being sold. This is a way of capturing them right at source of that initial inquiry. So for the first inquiry, it's capturing before it even, you know, straight away you've got a lead there for you. That's correct. For them to follow up, offer them a free independent rental appraisal. Now, they may go and buy the property now through another agency, um, but if you're in contact with them, talking to them, uh, then you'll be the agent of choice. Of course. And uh, the system provides with the status change and checking to where the investor is at, um, and then also provides a follow-up report every day to the BDM of which leads are due to be followed up, or what status they're at, uh, and then uh, KPIs and uh, boss report to provide what's going on. So, so say I'm a principal or a manager of a department and I wanted to see what activity my business development managers are up to in terms of uh, establishing leads and people that have contacted, this product measures that for you so that I can go on and see exactly how busy my BDMs are and how successful they are. Yes, but well, we use it ourselves to track our own leads at Inspect right. Real Estate and I can tell you that... Um, uh, we're at a 59% conversion rate, which a means 59% yeah, which means that rate. basically two out of every three leads proceed to use Inspect Real Estate. Um, the same thing is that uh, if you were a um, uh, principal, you'd be able to see the number of leads that are generated by your BDM. So this, how tool, many. So this tool's got to grow your business if it's utilised in the right way. That's correct. Well, we um, proofs in the pudding. We put on 432 um, new managements um, through using the software ourselves. 
432 new and in what period was that? Oh, that's one one year. In one year? Yes. You put on 400 of management? Yes. That's remarkable. Yeah, considering that we started in our first year, we only put on 10. That's the funny thing is that, um, and it was the learning of the systems and the practices that you needed to put in place and tracking the leads. Okay. Um, big theory, again, is to love the one you're with. Um, yes. And what that's about is we had our hot 100 leads. So within our lead tracker, it's that how many of those are going to possibly give you business in the next 60 days and focus on those. And, and we have a hot cold ratio in there. Yeah. You can move yeah. it up and down and you make those 100 hot leads and you only have over 100 and they're the 100 that you think you're going to be able to successfully win. And that's that will be your um, next growth so in the next 60 days. So what's a, in your opinion, Andrew, what, what's a good KPI? in terms of new managements in a month for a business development manager if they're using if they're using this tool what, what you know i mean obviously it's different marketplaces and, and say somewhere like Auckland where you know big city it's busy it's similar to Brisbane or Sydney what would you be looking for in your BDMs if you were a boss um, if the KPIs of our BDMs ourselves at ProRinals was, as I mentioned, was 12. It's 12. that 10 to 12, right? Because it's based on the number of hours yes. again, okay? So if you want to put on 50 a month, you need to have five BDMs, right? Or people involved in getting that business into, into there. Now, how we set goals um, all the way along, if last month we put on 44 in June, which, is, which was one of our best Junes, yep. the goal for next month in June, following year, yes. would be 45. Yes. Okay, and then if we beat that, then next year would be 46. So whatever we achieved last time, so if it was in January, we achieved 54, mm -hmm. then the next year's January would be then 55. Mm -hmm. um, and that goal was very public. Everyone could see it. Everyone knew before the month started what we did last January, and we, all we needed to do was beat it by one. Yeah, and, yeah. and if you continually do that, and if you, our growth from starting the first year, we did 10, so the next year we want to do 11. So, yeah, so everyone was very clear on what the goals were, the business goals were, what the targets were. That's correct. Yeah, great. Okay. So just one up with him, and it's been an absolute pleasure to have you in the studio and, and, and talking to you. Um, we hear a lot in New Zealand that Australia, they, they manage so many more properties compared to New Zealand. Are Aussies better at property management? Have we got a lot to learn from you guys? I mean, or is it going to be like cricket and rugby where we start beating you on a regular basis? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, uh, uh, um, how would I answer that? Um, um, you know, to me, one thing that's very different between Australia and New Zealand is the legislation. That, right. that is uh, a very, very difference um, between us. Um, and I think it's probably why there's a reciprocal in relation to the number of owner-managers yeah. you have in, in New Zealand. Um, again, in, in my state of Queensland, um, we are regulated um, with smoke alarms, with pools, with even now uh, joy strings from uh, blinds and curtains. Yeah. So um, that regulation makes it much harder. Um, yes. And I, I probably think that um, a, as a result, there needs to be a lot more systems and, and practices. But I don't know, has is, is there any, been any studies that, that Queensland or, or Australia has more management well, people? Well, there, 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 there has been. I mean, there's been the theory in, in, in New Zealand that only 20% are managed compared to 80% in Australia. I recently did a study, I actually think the gap's closed. Yeah. And I think it touched on a couple of things in terms of uh, there is far more increased legislation in Australia, which makes it far more complicated to, to manage your own property. But I also feel that in New Zealand, we've got this she'll be all right DIY attitude. Now that will change eventually. Um, and, and 
but I accept that we need greater legislation in this country, uh, especially around you know Residential Tenancies Act, to make it hard for people to manage their own property for the business to grow. Yes. And also we've got a deregulated industry here, so you've seen a multitude of new people starting property management businesses, and, and in that you may... You know, you get some. Obviously, you do get some good operators who start up, but you also get your cowboys as well. And, and so, reputation may not be as good in New Zealand as what it is in Australia. Yeah, I think definitely um, the legislation. Like I, as I mentioned before, having a few investment properties, there is no way that I'd manage a property myself um, purely based on uh, I, I now, you know, my knowledge and time of being a property manager stuck at 2011. Yeah. So therefore, there are changes already that have occurred, yeah. which is going to make it much harder for me to look after the property. Um, great opportunity um, again in uh, the New Zealand market that uh, with that number who manage it themselves, and I'm sure that as you receive. Um, applications that come through from tenants that they would put down their current address yep. and to phone that person for a rental reference uh, who's probably known a manager and then to offer them the ability of a what we used to do at Proronals was there's a zero fee to users unless we find a tenant that meets your approval. So we would compete against the owners yeah. um, and mainly through ringing the local newspapers and local ads. And so you would compete against owners? Yes, Good on you. to see who could find the tenant first would get yeah. the business. Okay. Yeah. Now the interesting thing about that is um, uh, an owner needs to show the property themselves, Yes. right? So they're going to be there to show it. That's the ideal time to meet them. Yes. And so, um, for example, uh, the local newspaper in Brisbane, the Courier Mail, is make the phone call to the owner. You know, I'll ring you now. Hi, hi, David. It's Andrew calling um, from Proronos. I notice that you've got a, a, a property that you're trying to find a tenant for. When are you going to show that next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I um, come meet you at the same time? And uh, while you're showing prospective tenant, I can provide you with some hints. And I've got a pack to help you to try and find a tenant fast. Right. And so when you're I, providing free information. Yeah. And do you want a friend sign? Yeah. Yeah. It's got my logo on it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then this is the real kicker, yeah. right? Is that um, you go there and then you say, I can tell you why no one wants to rent your property. It's filthy. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just stick your hand on the Maybe. roof of the oven. Oh, yeah, all of a sudden, you've just done a quick vacate. The, the, you're just showing what your job what is. You okay? And you can then have a chat to them and say, listen, I'm pretty sure that you probably liked the person with you before and that's why you didn't force them to clean the oven. Mm. Did you have to do that yourself? You've got to get this place cleaner. You know, Let's get it featureless and yeah. let's get it rented fast. There's a magnificent opportunity for that, yeah. all from your application form. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Listen, I mean, we're out of time. I mean, we could talk forever and ever. Just before you go, um, you know, just a quick three questions. What book would you recommend? Ah, Steve Jobs, uh, the biography. Um, uh, I listened to it on audio, um, 20 CDs, absolutely the most um, wonderful thing ever. Yeah. Okay, motivational quote? Um, from my grandfather, and that is, uh, treat people like you like to be treated. Um, the biggest mistake you've ever made? Uh, probably the biggest mistake that I made is I actually started an employment newspaper when I was uh, 21 in Brisbane called the Brisbane Phoenix and we printed three editions. Um, I still think that that was an amazing opportunity to take that further and uh, eventually uh, form an internet website for job seekers, which of course ended up being done. But anyway, <laughs> I think that was a very strong opportunity that I um, um, missed the boat on. Andrew, listen, it'd be an absolute pleasure having you here. Good luck with Inspect Real Estate. Thank you, Dad, for your support. All, All the right. best. Cheers. It was great to catch up with Andrew Reese here in our office in Wellington. Thanks to Andrew, we really appreciate your time and we wish you luck with Inspect Real Estate. It's a brilliant product and I've got no doubt it's really got to take off. 
Thanks to you, our listeners. I've got no doubt that you'd find some of the tips that Andrew gave to be really useful and will help you in your business. We'd also love to hear from you here at John Crocker and Associates, so please email me directly, david at johncrocker.co.nz or visit our website, johncrocker.co.nz. The John Crocker and Associates Property Management News Desk Podcast. Brought to you in association with Palace. Great property management software at getpalace.com. And Moving House Property Video. Bringing your listing to life at movinghouse.net.nz. John Crocker and Associates, New Zealand's number one property management consultants. Build your property management business at johncrocker.co.nz.